Welcome to 239 Uncensored. Everything Southwest Florida and beyond with your host, Tim Jurett. This podcast covers it all. Real talk on issues from real estate to real crime. Join the discussion on hot topics to politics. Don't get left behind. Be in the know about everything Southwest Florida and beyond. Welcome, welcome, 239 Uncensored, everything Southwest Florida and beyond. And uh, Rich, I got you, actually, I got you on the phone tonight. We do have a special guest. I, I don't know, Rich, can you hear me all right? I can hear you great, and I'm really excited. I'm excited for this guest. I think you're going to find him uh, not only entertaining, but uh, very interesting, some of the things he's going to bring to the table with the discussion tonight. Yeah, I, I know this guy. I won't give it up. I'll let you introduce, but I, I know... Uh, this gentleman for quite some time, and I've always been in awe about how he can bring a group of, in this case, young ladies together and, and be so successful. And I know he's coached boys and girls, but uh, Rich, go ahead and give him a little uh, start out. Yeah, so our, our topic and discussion was youth sports, and uh, that topic has grown legs. I've had a lot of people uh, hit me up and, and ask me some questions about, especially now when COVID's around, you know, what can I do? So I thought it was appropriate to get one of my mentors uh, on the phone, uh, somebody that I coached with for a number of years. Uh, who, who, and I know you tease me, Tim, about being a, a legend and this, that, and the other. This guy truly is a basketball legend, not only as a player, but as a coach. Those of you who don't know, Mitch Woods. Mitch, you on the line? Yes, sir. How you guys doing? Awesome, awesome. Hey, glad that glad you were able to call in, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Uh, Mitch, how long? Good. Hey, how long have you been in Naples, Mitch? How long you, did you grow up here? Are you homegrown, as, I, as you say? Yes, sir. Born and raised right here in uh, Naples. Every, actually, Everglades City. But, yeah. Every, Everglades City? Are you serious? You're from Everglades City. <laughs> no one's from Everglades City. But. <laughs> yes, that's, that's me. Born and raised, man. Now, were you Born from Everglades raised. City? I believe you lived in Copeland, right? I lived in Copeland. Yeah, that's just, just well, yeah. Well, we call it Everglades City. We don't hardly ever say Copeland, but yeah, right, that's right. that's it, man. I used to be in Everglades, worked at the school, and a lot of kids do a lot of, like, swimming with the alligators. Is that something you did when you were younger, or did you stay out of the water, Mitch? <laughs> no, I stayed out of the water, man. I'm a, you won't catch too many brothers uh, swimming with the gators. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Tim, I don't know if you know this, but but Everglades City, uh, back in the 80s, had a unbelievable reputation for putting together, for as small as that school is, putting together some unbelievable basketball teams. Two of the guys that come to mind is Mitch and Mike Woods. I think Mike was maybe a little bit better of a scorer. Is that true, Mitch? Than me? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I, yeah, he probably was in high school. I wouldn't say that to him, though. That's not my older brother. But actually, you know, every, that's what got me into basketball. My older brother, Jesse Woods, uh, Floyd Ballas, and some of those guys. Man, when we were just barely able to uh, to, to to walk, really, we we would see those guys playing, and that's really what kind of kind of drove me to the game. Just the the atmosphere and the awe of those guys, man. Everglades yeah, City. Yeah, for sure. Now, who was your high school coach down down in Everglades City, Mitch? You probably know him, Kim Francisco. Was my Jim I, I Francisco. played? I do, yeah. I do know him. I do know him well. He was he yeah. was unbelievable. Kim was a cool dude. <laughs> yeah, he could shoot shoot that basketball. But yeah, he um, 
he he got he was my uh, JV coach. My I played JV ball down there when I was in like fifth and sixth grade. You know, we were playing against all the Naples schools, Macaulay, uh, Naples High School, Barron Carter. You know, so we seen it all. I bet, I bet. So listen, you you play high school basketball down in Everglades City, uh, and then you make the move up to Barron Collier, correct? Played at Barron. Yeah, I played at uh, I played at Barron. We moved to Naples. Um, I actually commuted back down there when I was in eighth grade. Played played um, my eighth grade year down in Everglades, and then uh, my brothers graduated, and we uh, transferred over to uh, to Barron Collier High School. That's where uh, where I cut my teeth at, I guess. So you graduate from which high school? Dan. All Baron, four years. What year was that? Yep. What year was 19, that? I'm, I'm going to date myself. 1986. Woo. Man, you guys are both older than me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Mitch, when you, when you guys used to play like the Naples schools when you were in Everglades, when you used to come up and play Naples, Barron, Laley, Naples. I don't even know if Laley was there then, right? So I don't even yeah, know. Right. But when you used to come up, come up to town was that kind of like a really big deal and if you had a chance to win these guys and beat them was that like huge for you guys oh for sure i mean uh it was it, it's because you know everybody you know it's it's kind of the same thing now all the schools all the kids know each other so um absolutely it was huge and uh once i got to Barron, going back and playing everglade city and it was the same thing if they got a chance to to, to knock us off man that was huge but I don't think I ever lost to to Everglades City when I played in, at Barron. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And, and, and let's be clear here. I don't think you guys ever had any real success against Coach Stewart and those Laley Trojans either. Let's just no, no, they were. Now back when my brothers when my brothers were down there, Everglades really had some really good teams down there. Going back, oh yeah, they, they, sure. they were tough, man. Really tough. So good you bus, graduate from high school. You graduate from high school, and you get a full ride. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, to play basketball where in college? I actually ended up playing at Rollins College, um, which is a Division two school in Orlando, and uh, it's weird. My son actually ended up transferring there and finishing his his college career there for the same coach. But yeah, it was uh, it was different, man. It was uh, playing college basketball was probably one of the toughest things. You know, you think you're all that growing up in a small town and being one of the top players, but man, when you, when you get to that next level, you're playing against a bunch of guys that are just as good or, or even some cases better, you know? So it was tough. Oh yeah. And we're going to get into that and get some of your opinions on, you know, these delusional parents who believe that their kid is destined for the NBA. <laughs> but, uh, I, I really find it interesting Tim, and I, I think this is one of the parts of the show that, that people are going to really enjoy. Uh, that they don't know about Mitch and his history here. So you graduate from Rollins and you come back home, right, Mitch? Isn't that how that worked out? Yep, I uh, I graduated, uh, married my high school sweetheart. We we ended up uh, moving back to Naples and um, actually worked for the uh, Naples Police Department for a few years before I got into coaching and teaching. Yeah, how about so that, I, Tim? I, we, we got us a bona fide Naples PD cop. I love it. I love it. It's great. It's great on that JV team over there at Naples PD. No, we love those guys. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, nah, sorry, awesome. sorry, Chief Wessler. I'm sorry about that. No, we love you. Guys. Hey, but so, so think about this, Tim, right? Local Everglades City standout, right? Goes barren, graduates, gets a full ride in college, 
decided to come home and contribute back to his community as a law enforcement officer. Then he decided he wanted to be a teacher. I believe you were a math teacher for a short time, Mitch. Yeah, actually about 10, I did that for about 10 years. Okay, so 10 years. Started his own business, but his one true love, his one true love in life and his passion is what, Mitch? That round ball coaching, man. You better say your wife. You better say your wife. <laughs> well, well, you know, come on now. I mean, you set me up, Hampton. Hampton <laughs> set you up. Not, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna fix that. <laughs> I can't wait till Sonny hears this one. No, I can't wait. We're gonna fix that. Uh, My wife. <laughs> you, you want me to edit that? Okay. Edit that part out, Mitch. Oh, no, no, yeah, no, you, no, you better no. fix that. <laughs> you better fix that but, one, buddy. So. so so he, Tim, his his coaching career has been unbelievable. It's it's the guy that I call when I when I'm struggling with a team, no matter what age group. Uh, we had a chance to coach together a while, uh, Mitch. Early on, you did a lot of travel ball at a very very high level. Um, and when I say travel ball, the AAU stuff. Talk a little bit about that and how you got into that and how your kids, uh, how important that was to your family. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was. A- weird situation how we got into it i was coaching at the y and uh just doing some stuff with with my kids at the y i wanted to be involved with them i didn't push them into playing or anything like that but it was you know the y basketball you you get in and get some uh get a chance to get on the floor especially uh, at that age i think mitch was my youngest was five or six and mitch was seven and you know what i was trying to teach at that time was the same way i was coaching and teaching the older kids fundamentals uh you had to dribble the basketball you couldn't run with it just sharing the basketball passing and moving just those real basic things and uh that kind of caught the eye of some people and and uh got into some conversations about doing some uh doing some higher level basketball traveling you know and, and we got started with um i think we had 12 15 kids that first year we didn't want to make cuts, but man, that was the toughest thing. We had to cut some kids and they were only like nine and 10 years old, but that kind of set the tone that got us going. We did like 10 tournaments that first year. We, we, it was an eye opening for these kids to see kids outside of Naples and the level of basketball. You know, we, uh, we played up, up in Orlando. I think our first tournament, we played a team up in Orlando. We got beat by 50 points. <laughs> it, it, was, it, it, was, it was brutal. It all right, brutal. all right, kids. Good job. Let's go to McDonald's. Yeah, right. You know? But we ended up seeing that same team at the end of the year, and we we, we dang near beat them. And uh, it wasn't like they didn't lose any players or anything like that. We didn't lose any players. We just kept getting better and stayed with it. So, Man, it was it was a lot of fun, and that kind of grew into um, we added a, a, a second team the next year, added a girls team, and we were off to the races. And you know, one of the biggest things was keeping the kids busy. You know, showing them how do you how do you prepare, even at that young age. How do you prepare? How do you uh, practice? How do you deal with other people when things aren't going well on the floor? You know, so it was it was a great great time for me. Absolutely. And so, Angel, well, let's go back because I think you might have had uh, Larry Bird's kid on your team at one time, didn't you? Yeah. And actually, that was the um, 
that was the second year uh, we, we were able to get uh, Larry Bird's kid on our team, uh, Connor. And, um, you know, it was, it was kind of weird. He was total hands-off. You know, he's the, he was the consummate professional. He came to some of the games, but kind of stayed in the background. Um, but he was now, just what's a that great like coaching. Here you are, here you are coaching. And you've got one of the greatest players of all time watching you coach their kids. There's, there's got to be a little pressure there, huh? No pressure, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was he. He made he made you feel at home and at ease. And yes, you think you think about that. Larry Bird sitting there behind my bench. <laughs> you know what I'm. <laughs> you know. Uh, you know what? What play am I going to run? And what? And it really wasn't about plays. It was about um, the fundamentals and teaching them to play the right, right way. Whether you're playing ninth grade or nine year olds playing basketball or players in the NBA, basketball is basketball. And if you teach it the right way, and I think that's what he saw that we were not, um, we were playing basketball. These kids at that age were playing real basketball. And he, he actually yeah, took, took a liking to it, you know? So it was – Yeah, that's that awesome. Was a, that's awesome. It was, it was fun. Hey, it was a lot of fun. Coach, Coach, well, I, uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Rich. I, I got one question I got to ask. Did you get – Go ahead, you get, No, I know. I got to ask this before you do. <laughs> did you get a little squirrely, Coach, and say, you know, hey, maybe I'll, I'll take on, uh, you know, I'll take on Larry one-on-one here uh, after the game? Did you? Did no, you? I, I would. I wouldn't gonna go down that road. I, mean, <laughs> I, could, I could play, but I wasn't gonna go down that road. Um, but he, no, he was great. He, he came. He did. Uh, him and I actually, Rick Carlisle was uh, was um, working with him at the time, I believe, as well. And they came down, man, and they did a uh, they did a uh, a camp for our kids, just our kids, and we just sat and watched in awe. It was like you got a legend. In the gym, running your practice, <laughs> you know. Yeah, truly, so was, truly, man, Larry Legend. Yeah, Larry Legend. Yeah. Hey, Miss, yeah. tell me the story. This is this is one of my favorites, Tim. So Michelle Woods, in my opinion, uh, and I think in most, the greatest girls basketball player to ever play in Carter County. Agreed. And I think her Agreed. resume proves it, right? So she's playing travel basketball, but not on a girls basketball team. How old is she, and which team is she playing on, Mitch? She actually started with us. Um, she didn't play that first year. The second year, she was uh, she was nine years old when all the boys uh, she was playing with was ten and eleven. Um, and it right. was just like a it was um, it was more out of uh, necessity more than anything because I don't think there was there may have been one or two girls teams in Fort Myers, but just for convenience and and with my kids playing, one of my coaches at the time like. Man, just let her play with us. She can play, you know. I said, really? So, so they get to was, Orlando. You get to Orlando, and it's a national team. Tell, tell me yeah, what happens we, when, when they see Michelle. You know, the we played. They let us play pretty much during the because uh, they didn't think we were going to make it out of our bracket. They let us play, and and uh, we we pretty much we won our bracket, and we were we were getting ready to make it into the to the playoffs and get, go on the, you know, everybody, the big teams play on Sunday. And, uh, some of the coaches came and complained to the uh, organizers and said, uh, you know, girls, she can't play. And, you know, <laughs> like, what, what do you, what do you, what do you mean? She can't play. Uh, she's not allowed to play with the board. Like, why not? I mean, <laughs> she's not, we're not like, uh, making them play with a girl's ball or making them, uh, 
making the guys go left-handed. And I said, just let her play. She, I mean, she's going to – she can defend herself and do whatever they imagine, do. So, imagine, Tim, a 9-year-old girl is being prohibited to play with 11-year-old boys because she could flat out get after it. Oh, I, Michelle, I've seen her play, you know, obviously up in Lakeland and several times in, in Naples. She could play. <laughs> so I'm oh, sure at 9, she was probably doing circles around them boys. Oh, yeah. yeah, she and so, so and she she practiced with us all the time even before that. But yeah, it was uh, it was kind of weird, and that kind of led us into to creating some more of our girls teams as well. So one of the themes in our discussion, Mitch, is talking to parents about you know coaching kids. When do they start private lessons? You know how far they can go. Now let me get this straight, just for the the, the listeners. You have three kids, right? You got yep. Angel, Mitch, and Shelly. And how yep. many of them played college basketball at the Division One level? All three of them did. All three. Tim, can you imagine? Yeah. All three kids played Division One basketball. What's that tell you? Real deal. <laughs> real deal. <laughs> great, great parents, great coaching, a lot of time, a lot of effort, and keeping the kids focused is amazing. Now, how does that happen, Mitch? That doesn't happen by mistake. No, and you know, it, it was um, – and we didn't – Particularly, we, we didn't just say, okay, we're going to work on getting you a, scholar, a college scholarship to play college basketball or anything like that. We, we basically said, okay, you're going to take, if you take an interest in this, then we're going to work at it. You're going to have to uh, prepare and do the little things. Like in the summertime, that's when you work on your game. You work on the little details. And it, it's hard work, and it took a lot of time and a lot of, lot of years of playing and just doing – I mean, when they were smaller and they really showed an interest of playing basketball, I didn't even, I, I wouldn't let them shoot beyond three or four feet, maybe 10 feet from the basket because they need to work on their form and how to shoot properly. And so, and they, they hated it because their, their friends were launching threes and they were probably <laughs> actually, actually better than them at some point. But I said, look, you, that'll catch up down the road. You just keep doing the little things, handling the ball, shooting the ball properly, and then it'll catch up. But it takes a lot of work, a lot of commitment, and, um, you know, the kid has to get some real truth given to him as well. You know, honesty. We weren't looking to get a, a participation trophy every time they, they played, you know, um, being real with them. But, you know, you got to love your kids and all that, but you got to be real with them, be truthful. So they get a real – you know how we were, Rich, when we, play, when we were coaching? Uh, we wanted to know really where we were. During the season, right. we played the top team. So, and it was my kind of the same philosophy. I, my kids, I wanted them to know: are, are you really that good, or are you just good in Naples? <laughs> you know. So we, right, we would go right. play. We would go play against kids that were. I mean, they played against kids that are playing in the NBA right now. Shelly played against, and Mitch did as well. But they played against kids that are playing in the NBA right now at, at that age. You know, they were that good. So. um yeah, I think your honesty and your ability to teach humility and the work ethic piece, that's what Tim and I were talking about extensively. And that's why, truthfully, we really wanted to have you come on and kind of echo some of that, support what we were saying, that many of these parents become misguided by chasing these scholarships. You know, it's not uncommon to see a nine-year-old parent asking coaches, how do I play at the next level? You know, I think he's good. I, and, and I remember, Tim, he would schedule us these games when we were at community school. He'd schedule us these games against teams from Parkland over in, or, or uh, uh, Parkway Academy over in Miami and Cincinnati Hills Academy out of uh, Ohio would fly down and play us. And I couldn't believe he'd schedule. We're just a little two-way school, right? We're just a little two-way school. 
And, and he had a very, very simple formula, man. If you don't stretch these kids and teach them what they're truly about, uh, they're never going to grow and they're never going to be the state champ. And, and that was always our goal there, which leads us into the next segment. So you had a pretty successful high school coaching career, community school. How many final fours do you, did, did you participate or did we participate in, I guess? Because this is where I get to have yeah. a little fun with you. <laughs> yeah, you were – I didn't start going until you came, so Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we yeah, went to yeah. uh we went to um five final fours in a row um and uh skipped the year and then we went again but uh yeah, it was a phenomenal run and you know, it goes right back to that that same thing that you were just talking about. We we, we wanted to really really know early on who we were. Are we really good? Or can we compete? I didn't want to have a 21 and and five record and lose the last game of the year. We wanted to be, I'd rather be 15 and 15 and, and win it all, you know? And that's kind of the approach that we took. We, we wanted to play the best teams and figure out what that championship level of basketball was all about. What did those teams look like? I mean, yeah, you got to have some solid players and the coaches have to be there and, and, but it's still a mental, the mental pro- approach to the game had to be there as well. And that's what those games helped us figure out. Are we really this good? And, uh, Absolutely. we had some times. Absolutely. We, <laughs> oh man. We had some we, between we, we would go, Timmy, we would go to Kentucky and play some of the top teams in the country. And my favorite thing to do with Mitch, Tim was, you know, we're a two way school at the time. That was back before they restructured FHSA and they see these pretty girls come in, you know, I think Shelly was a sophomore, our first state championship. So she's young. She's not even driving yet. And they see these pretty girls from community school, this private school. And we would run into an 8A school, right? Auburndale's and heck, Lord's Academy, a private school over Miami. Right. And run right. them over. Run them over. Run across. I've witnessed it. I've witnessed it. Yep. <laughs> I've witnessed it. But, but it I, really came down to what Mitch said. It's fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. You can drive me crazy because I'd want to work on schemes and all kinds of stuff, and all you want to do is handle the ball and shoot the ball and play defense. Those three very basic things and do them to the best of our ability. And Mitch, I think you would agree that that's not necessarily just specific to basketball, right? Because we're talking about all sports and all coaching. I mean, those principles apply no matter what sport you're coaching. Absolutely. No doubt about it. I mean, whether it's tennis, basketball, football, you know, baseball, whatever it is. I mean, you have to get the fundamentals down. And then I think the, the mental, the mental side of it as well, the mental approach. I mean, there's, there's some kids that are, that are super talented, but mentally for whatever reason, they haven't been able to develop that mental approach to the game and just being tough as nails. I mean, we used to say we, we had those things, you know, composure, being able to stay composed in a court, no matter what's happening. I mean, that, I think that helped us win championships, actually. No so, doubt. No doubt. Yeah, um, all of those things come together. Now, I just want you to give one gift to the parents that are listening to the podcast, because this is I, I see a lot of value in, in, your, in your mindset, but you talk about the mental, the, the mental toughness of these athletes, and would you agree with me that the parents sometimes create some of that? And, and if so, how, how, what can you tell a parent, like as we're talking tonight, what's the best gift they can give a kid? when it comes to increasing their mental toughness and letting them learn about their ability and the humility that comes along with sports, what would you tell those parents? 
I think the the biggest thing is is uh, having somebody involved with them, whether it's them as a parent, preferably a coach that's going to be honest with that kid, authentic with them. You know, everybody like let's take football when you're when 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 everybody's at that young age, everybody wants to play what position? Quarterback. Oh, oh yeah, oh, <laughs> everybody, yeah. Everybody wants to be a quarterback all the way. Well. Well, you got to develop those skills to be a quarterback. That's probably the toughest position on the field. So just some honesty. And I mean, you got to love your kids, of course, but you got to, you got to keep them grounded and be honest with them and, and having a real gauge of where they are. Don't start talking about getting a college scholarship at, at nine or 10, get the, let them train, let them work out and, and enjoy what they're doing. And I think it'll all come together. And that's one of the things that, again one of the biggest things was and my wife probably had more to do with it than anything because she would she would snatch him away if I got out of control in terms of trying to uh put too much sports on him or anything like that and I tried to do my best but let them love it for themselves because at the end of the day that's that's what it's gonna take for them to be successful moving into that college ranks if they can make it there they have to love it and I think my kids even Though they played and, and they realized that it was a whole different level once they got to the college level, the commitment, you know. So for any anyone thinking that it was just you're going to get there and voila, it's a whole different level when you get to that college level. I mean, and I've had some other kids that have gone on to college to play sports and they like, man, this is. And we and you know how we were in practice, coach. We we the stuff that we did with. I mean, we ran pretty much college level practices and um to the best that we could in terms of the limitations we had we had definitely have some restrictions but uh yeah they need to get some honesty i believe early on absolutely absolutely yeah go ahead tim i know you had a question no no i you touched on it rich and you pretty much asked the question i was going to ask one little thing though how do kids in today's day of age how do they juggle sports social, you know, how does that all factor in? Because, you know, that's a big deal for these kids now in high school because it's almost like when you play high school and you're committed to a sport, it's almost 24-7 time-consuming, Throw you know, throwing in the school, practices at 5 in the morning, sometimes until 10 o'clock at night. How do they juggle that? How did your girls and your son do that? You know, it was, it was a little different for each one. Um, my youngest, Michelle – was she was um she was more of a homebody um mitch my son was able to kind of he was kind of able to go with the flow and my oldest uh she she i think social media on that stuff was just getting started so it's it's a different ball game man i think um that balance and that's where the parents would have to come into and not be afraid to, to to help help their kids get that balance you know how do you you got nine-year-olds already with the with the Facebook and all the different things that go along with it um doing the uh what is it instant well, not instant message look at I'm dating myself Instagram and TikTok <laughs> yeah those things they're already into it so yeah it's a it's a whole different ball game um and I think that's where the parents have to be parents they got to step in a little bit and, and help them along those in those those areas but it's definitely a, it's, it's a challenge and uh, everything is everything with social media right now is, it's, you know, it's, it's gotta be tough. And I, you know, I haven't, um, 
during the last few years before I, I this last stint of my coaching, you know, it was starting to get there because, you know, we had some things we did that the parents didn't do. You know, coach, when we go on tournaments, what do we do with the phones? <laughs> oh, yeah, we took them phones we, every night, Tim, every night. We, we got them. We, we take the phones and, I mean, we had some – we had some things that we did, and I think those are some things that uh, need to come back or need to be involved uh, as part of that plan, you know. Um, but it's got to be tough. Yeah, absolutely. And so I know we're gonna we're getting short on time, Tim, but I, I want to kind of throw this out there. So two state championships, five Final Fours. I think he played in three or four state championship games. Um, well regarded in the travel arena. He hasn't even talked about how many kids he's actually coached onto the college stage. I think that pushes in the area of 20, at least, between the boys and the girls. But to sum up Mitch's reputation, we had a girl named Grayson Penholster who was being heavily recruited uh, by uh, a bunch of universities. She went on to play at Wofford for four years. Great kid. But Davidson comes down. I know you've heard of the Davidson Spiders, right, Sam? Big big basketball program. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, – they, they come into our practice, and they're there to scout a bunch of our kids, and uh, they're sitting in the corner, and they're watching us dribble basketballs and tossing tennis balls back and forth. You remember this, Mitch? We're, we're doing a tennis yeah. ball toss. Very simple yeah. drill that you do with eight-year-olds. Literally, we do them with eight- and nine-year-olds, but we're doing them with these potential Division One basketball players. And we run our practice, and we get done, and the coaches come over, and they got their notebooks, and we're wanting them to give us uh, feedback about our practice and what they think about our kids. And this, this coach looks at Mitch and says, hey, can you, can you help me draw that drill you were doing up again? And what about this drill? And how do you do this drill? And how do you teach this? And I'm rolling. I'm thinking, are you kidding me right now? This is a Division One coach who's asking a high school girls basketball coach how to run drills. And that, that kind of sums up Mitch's basketball IQ and how well regarded he is in the, in the basketball community and, and in sports in general. Uh, that's fantastic. You know, Mitch, we really want to have you come on and, and just – Give us some feedback every now and then. We're obviously going to have a long, a long season. Hopefully, I don't know if we're going to get a lot of basketball in, but all the different sports and anytime you can come on and contribute, it's great. And have some someone like you in the community that just, you know, just is all about, you know, the kids. And the thing is about you is you've lived it. You know, some people could come on here and talk and you know, try to explain what it's like to coach, but with having three kids playing Division One ball and, and they grew up, fantastic kids in the school systems and, and the input you can give us is just tremendous. So we really appreciate that. And we, we, we idolize you uh, for being able to be such a strong community leader and, and be able to coach and, and be as successful as you have. We'll get you to come back on someday with, uh, with coach Stewart. I, I got to get Donnie, Donnie Stewart on here. Would you do that with me? Absolutely. I'm humbled dude, that you guys even, I mean, that you asked, I mean, I, I, I really am. I got one last thing that I got to throw out there. The video you did of our first state champion, Tim, championship, Tim, was uh, it's, it was phenomenal. And you know, I was just going back through one of our books the other day. I'm going to pull that DVD out because you did a you did an awesome job on that, man. Really appreciate it. No, that's yeah, that great. Awesome. That's great. You know, I I, I pulled those things out, but. I got to get a copy, so we, we need to burn that before DVDs are gone. So, 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 we, we need to find a way to burn that DVD. And I mean, when I say burn it, not like literally throw it in a fire, but burn it so we can keep it forever. Um, you know, it, it's great to see those kids. And I, I remember you guys gave me like full access to the, you know, to the, 
Lakeland to the championship games and all that. And that was like, I don't think you realize it, but that was like one of the coolest things for me to be able to showcase the girls. And I think if you look back at those videos, you must get teared up a little bit because it's just the hustle is unbelievable. Uh, yeah, it was it, it was, was a great opportunity. Was awesome. Did, thanks for putting that into a memory. I mean, that's what's so valuable to me right now is you created an awesome uh, di- diary of what happened. You know, that was really cool. We should have done more of it. Thank you so much, Mitch. You're the best, Coach. Rich, we always have a great time. And Mitch, you're always welcome in the studio. Make sure you keep us posted on what's going on locally. 239 Uncensored. This episode, we are out. Please make sure to download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcast. And don't forget to like and share on social media. This has been a Studio 239 production. That was fun.